0: So today on the show, I have Melita Campbell. She's an award-winning business coach and a certified mindset coach, and an author of the book *The Shy Girl's Guide to Networking*. Now, I am not a shy girl, but I am really attracted to people and business that have that low-key energy because I don't have it because I have no fucking chill. Like you- ever it (laughs) is possible
1: to have it all but you have to do things a little bit differently i think and one of my favorite sayings is you can't ride two horses with one ass
0: (laughs) what's up ladies and welcome back to the just realized podcast it's your host katie with another episode So pumped, as usual, I'm really beginning to think that interview episodes are some of my favorite, favorite, favorite episodes. I don't know if that's because I work from home by myself or because I have powerhouse guests on the show, probably a little bit of both, but today's episode is definitely one for my business ladies. But it also has a lot of really good mindset stuff in it as well. So today on the show, I have Melita Campbell. She's an award-winning business coach and a certified mindset coach and an author of the book, The Shy Girl's Guide to Networking. Now, I am not a shy girl, but I am really attracted to people and business that have that Low key energy because I don't have it, because I have no fucking chill ever. <laughs> so I am really attracted to the person who does. It really, really balances me out. So when I met Melita, like there was just something about her that I really loved, or her voice for one, and um, her energy just was really grounding to me. So I asked her to come on the podcast. She's also the host of another podcast called. The driven female entrepreneur, and I got to be a guest on her show, and I believe that episode's coming out at the end of this year or early January 2022. Of course, I will keep you updated. But today, we go through some really heavy-hitting things. So like I said, we talk about mindset. We talk about women having it all, what that means, And for me, when I hear that, and I think a lot of people would resonate with this, is when someone says like, oh, you can have it all or you can't have it all. It's probably an argument that we all hear and we feel both sides of it. And the word balance kind of becomes this nasty word to some people. Um, But what we really focused on in this episode was how to build and grow without overwhelm. And yes, we were specifically talking about running a business, but I fully a thousand percent believe being an entrepreneur now is that these systems that you put in place in your business or your personal life really go hand in hand. And it's all about the mindset shifts. And firsthand, I've seen if I personal, personally am struggling with overwhelm, it's not just showing up in my business, it's also showing up in my home life. So either way, amazing episode, whether you're running a business, a house, a, someone, a company, whatever it is, uh, there's some really, really good hot tips in here and some tangible steps on how to build and grow without overwhelm. We really broke it down or she really broke it down into like easy, really tangible things, very practical. Like I was even talking about something and she was like, yes, in theory, that's great. She was like, this is how you practically break it down, which I'm really, really trying to get more intentional about in my life and on the podcast about sharing really practical, tangible tips. So in that, we talked about the three biggest mistakes That brand new baby entrepreneurs like myself make when it comes to marketing. And I think it's one that, as we continue to grow, is something that we always want to be looking out for. So that one's really, really interesting. Uh, We talk about how important it is to know who your audience is. And this comes up again all the time, right? Obviously, in running a business, you want to be really, really clear in your niche or your niche, but Also, in like your real life, you want to know who your audience is as well. It makes communicating so much easier. Like I've said, I see the parallels through both of these things on so many levels. We go really deep into her book um, around the networking piece of it. Because personally, for me, networking, I don't I use the word networking, but I also just like to say building community because to me it's a same thing, or it's my goal with networking is to build community. It's about relationship building. It's not around networking to me, still, sometimes conjures up like a really nasty <laughs> speed dating networking event in my mind. So, we really focus on like building community, why that's so important. We talk about who your first clients actually are. So, for anyone who's listening, that even has an inkling of wanting to start a business, I highly, highly recommend this episode, even if it's just been battling around in your head a little bit. Maybe you or me a couple of years ago when I was still in my corporate job starting the podcast, wasn't ready to claim that I wanted to start a business, but knew that something was there. I highly recommend you... This episode because we talk about those really early baby steps. When she talks about who your first clients are, it was one of my biggest ahas in business. And it was one of the stories I told myself relentlessly. And even a little bit to this day, it still comes up for me that held me back so much. But now, after going through it and experiencing it, I'm like, oh my God. Why didn't I listen to all those people that told me, like, this is how it works, right? Like, why was I fighting it every step of the way instead of just, like, kind of trusting and maybe just seeing what happens and really focusing on that you have nothing to lose because you haven't taken the step or action yet, right? So just test it out. We talk a lot about businesses being test beds and staying curious But I really love some of the points we talk about building authentic connection when you're networking and how to really step into that. And it's an amazing story because we talk about the networking piece and how for her it was a really, really hard thing. And now she's written a book about it when that was her work to be done. So it's we touch on so many amazing things. I was going to say it's all over the place, but it's not actually all over the place. We just touch on so many amazing things For that woman who is in her first one to three years in business, um, I learned a lot. A lot of it was super relatable for me and it was just a really fun, like mellow, (laughs) super educational podcast. And I don't even know if those are the right words for it. It was a super inspiring podcast in a calming grounding sense. And I say that because, again, I love like fiery, big personalities, right? Because I feel like I live in that space, but I'm also super attracted to people who have this grounded energy and then just kind of come in and just like drop knowledge in this other inspiring way that's not very rah, rah, rah. So if you're looking for some of that kind of Zen knowledge-based energy like this episode is absolutely for you. Again, Melita Camel, award-winning business coach and certified mindset coach for female business owners, host of the Driven Female Entrepreneur podcast. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Hello, lady, and welcome back to the show. I am super excited about today's guest. It's someone that I've recently met and connected with and have had a really good time getting to know better. Today on the show, we have Melita Campbell. She's a business coach for female coaches and consultants and also the podcast host of The Driven Female Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, you're welcome. It's great to be here, Katie. I'm super excited to dig in a little bit more about what you do and how you help other female business coaches and consultants. So thank you so much. Let's start with a nice old introduction, Melita. Tell us about yourself and kind of how you got here and and what you enjoy. Oh gosh, everything. (laughs) It's been quite a journey. I think one
1: of my biggest lessons in business is that where you start is never where you ended up and and i started my business 13 years ago um originally from the uk but i live in switzerland had a job in private banking knew nothing about private banking by the way Uh, my my expertise is around marketing and communications and i really uh loved that role but here it was very difficult to work around kids and so when i had my family i decided okay i either have continue with my career and never see my kids, or I do things a bit differently. So I decided to quit and start my own business. And so I started where I felt I could, which I think is where most people start out. And so I started as a communication consultant, mostly working with large companies and the UN because that's what we have locally here, Uh, but also some smaller businesses in between, but mainly those big businesses. And it it was great for a while, but I soon found that I wasn't Really learning and growing. I was putting a lot of effort in for my clients, a lot in for my kids, and there wasn't really much left for me, really. So it got to a point where I was like, okay, something has to change. And I experimented for a while. I did a wellness business, which was great. And it got me in front of people, and it was a very, very different business. It taught me sales for the first time. Um, I've done a bit of sales in my past, but this was really face to face speaking to people kind of sales, which was new. Uh, So that was great, but it wasn't really my passion either. And that's when I noticed all of these amazing women around me who were super talented. They had, a lot, they had a lot of experience to share, a lot of skill, a lot of passion for what they did, but they didn't know how to communicate their value. They didn't know how to market themselves. They didn't know how to really package what they were doing into a profitable business. So I was like... That is where I can bring everything I know together. Um, And that's where I sort of pivoted about five years ago. And it's just been amazing ever since. So yeah, my journey in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) I love it so much. And I love your business, what it stands for, um, making the transition into entrepreneurship. From a marketing director of a public retailer, marketing yourself is so different than marketing... A brand company that you work for. And I just think it's really, really important that I know I've struggled years of experience. And I struggle, I'm like, I can't do it for myself. <laughs> so isn't it? Yes. It's really hard. And I feel like there's a lot of mindset stuff behind there. And just from the couple of things that I've seen and the conversations that you and I've had, I feel like that's a little bit where you bring in some of the magic. So I'm really excited to dig into that today. So I wrote down a couple of questions for you, but I want to go just hit it on the head because you mentioned kids twice in your intro, and I feel like um I personally can relate to that. I feel like a lot of uh, the women in my community and my circle struggle with a lot of the same things. So one thing that we had talked about, and I really want to get your take on this, is can we have it all can we run successful businesses and at the same time be leading our families and our children in the same direction that we want them to go in as well yeah i believe we absolutely can
1: and there are so you you don't have to look too far to see very successful women in business or or even in corporate who have a family. So it is possible to have it all, but you have to do things a little bit differently, I think. And that one of my favorite sayings is you can't ride two horses with one ass.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> that I was like if she doesn't mention that, I'm totally bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> I even told my husband I was like paste this on your wall so next time you feel overwhelmed, like do this. So let's dive into that for a minute yeah. and what does that mean to you and how does it how do you translate that for your clients?
1: To, to me, that means you know breaking things down, making them achievable, and not trying to do everything all at the same time, which is really hard when you're an entrepreneur, particularly if you're in those earlier stages and you have so many ideas and you end up thinking, oh, I'm going to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you end up not really getting anywhere. So it's much better to focus on one thing at a time, really put everything into that and And then complete that and then you feel accomplished. Then you feel, yeah, I did that and you feel great. And then you can bring that sense of achievement to your next project. So I like to break my planning down into 90-day goals. I think one month for many projects isn't quite enough, but a year is too much. And women are notorious for not being very good at future planners. If it's in the future, we're like, yeah, we'll get to it at some point. You know, we're not typically good at pacing ourselves, but Thirty day- days, uh, ninety days, rather, really allows you to get your teeth into something and, and finish it, and then move on to the next thing. So my year is broken into four chunks, where I have like one to two new projects that I start for my business and one skill that I learn as well. So it's really three things in three months, um, and that that works really well. So maybe it's you know uh, selling through social media. Maybe that's the thing I want to focus on. And in three months, I can I can really learn that subject. I can read books, I can dig into podcasts, I can put things into action, I can like reach out to some some experts in that area and really feel, yeah, I've nailed that. And then move on to the next thing. And I think it's the same in your business. You can run a business and you can be a mum, but when you try and mix those two at the same time, you don't put your, your the best of yourself into your business, and you certainly don't give your best quality time to your kids either. So you have to really and I see this as self-care, but have those boundaries, you know, and it all stems from self-love and respect. When you have the boundaries to say, no, this is the time for me, this is the time for my business, this is the time for my kids, and I'm going to stick to that, that it's not easy to 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 put those boundaries and stick to them. Uh, but once you you have that and you have that, that flow and that structure in your days, then suddenly, things just start to feel so much easier and you start to get that flow and momentum and consistency. And that's really what success is all about. So that's what the saying means
0: to me. Oh, I love it. First, I love the saying. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I love cuss words because they trigger like a... A heightened emotion in me, but in a good way. Like it makes me feel excited to take action. So, like a, a quote like that, I'm like, yes, because I'm a big action taker. So, I kind of drive off of that energy a little bit. I absolutely am obsessed uh, with what you just said. And I feel like this conversation is really just for me, being the new entrepreneur, <laughs> um just about to hit one year in business and what you had said around like, Break it down into three months and focus on like the two things you really want to focus on for your business and then to learn one new skill. Like I'm obsessed with that because I I feel like I live in that space where I'm always like, oh I want to learn this, I want to do this. But I have a question for you. So when someone comes to you, and, and I completely agree with everything you just said, it makes a ton of sense to me. But how does the person who's constantly coming up with new ideas that they don't want to lose track of? How do you, what's like, how do you manage them through that? Like, this is an amazing system. It works. It's proven. You're proof of that. But, oh my God, I also have this other one idea and I'm scared if I don't write it down, I will lose it. How mm. can you help someone manage through that? Um, so they don't step into that, like overwhelm. You definitely want to have, i say,
1: a, uh, a, uh- a success journal or somewhere where you can write all these ideas. Uh, I was listening to Sarah Blakely some while ago and, and she has like a whole stack of books where she's put all of these ideas and she goes, and she's convinced every single one of them could be a billion dollar business, but it's not time for them yet. She's focusing on her, her, her core business first. And then she knows they're all safe. They're all detailed. And as she has ideas, she kind of puts them there. So they're safe. So you want to, write them down put them somewhere safe so that you know that they're not lost because that's the worst thing when you have an amazing idea and it's lost um or you want to come back to something you think oh what was that again so when you have it down then you can put it out of your mind and you can check in you I think a lot of one of the mistakes I see a lot of businesses make, particularly in the early days, is they jump in too soon. They're like, oh, I'm in business. I'm doing this. I'm going to market it and get it out there. You're like, hold on a minute. What, what exactly are you doing? <laughs> you know, you need to take that step back first. Really know who you are, what you're offering, why that's important to you, what that means exactly, who are your ideal clients, why is this important to them? You know? And then you have this perfect filter for your new ideas. So you come up with a new idea and then you know instantly, is this going to tick my... But does it align with my values? Does it help me? Does it really help me reach my goals faster? Does it align with my vision? Is it going to help my clients in the way that I want them to experience my service or my product? You you already have that built-in filter. So you can start to see, actually, this ticks all of those boxes. So what else, what do I need to move to allow space for me to work on this sooner rather than later? Or if it's kind of like, yeah, it doesn't quite fit this. So I'm going to write it down and come back to it later. So you you really need that clarity first so that that builds in your sort of decision filter. And then you have so much more confidence in what exactly you should be doing next and what can wait and, and knowing that you're always focused on the right thing at the right time.
0: I love that so much. So speaking of gaining the clarity and niching down, as people like to say here in the States, I feel like that comes up a lot. And that's like the first thing that most um, business coaches talk about or mention and again, fully believe in, but something that's come up for me and I feel like it's come up for other women I know is when you are starting that business and you are excited to jump in and market yourself Can we talk a little bit about, again, you talked on it a little bit, but why it's so important to get super, super clear. And then the thing that comes up for me a lot, maybe this is kind of a two-part question is then once we get really clear, and you said this in the beginning too, like your business is always evolving and it's always changing. And the one thing that comes up a lot... For me and for a lot of the women I work with is that permission to change our minds. So it's like if we get really, really clear on our target market or our niche, then we're scared that we can never pivot out of that. And or we're like cutting off this whole segment of women. And it's like, yeah, like for me being a stylist, I have a friend who does petite styling. And she's like, of course, I'll style anybody. And she has a really hard time. She's amazing at petite styling. And there's definitely a need for it it, to look powerful when you're a petite size. And, but she's always scared that she's putting herself in a box and that someone who's not petite won't like reach out for her services because in general, she's an amazing stylist. She just happens to specialize in that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you can take my, my business as an example. So I'm a business coach for female coaches yeah, I'm all and everything about my brand is pink. You know, it's got this nice sort of uh, feminine font about it. All the pictures I use in my marketing, it's always women, always quotes by women. You know, and yet I get a lot of men saying, Oh, I love your work. Can you work with me? Um, and I do, I work with the guys as well. But and sometimes I have people who I had a, a client recently, earlier this year, who has a product business and I was like, oh, I don't actually know anything about this particular product. I don't know about manufacturing. However, I do know about starting a business, deciding who you want to be as a leader, what that experience is going to be, the branding, the communication, the marketing. I know that side of it, I just don't know the manufacturing part. So we had a discussion about that and she did end up working with me and. an and actually, for the host stage, my skills were perfect. So it's you, you can always then have that discussion and invite people in say, well, actually, I don't know if I could help you. Let's discuss that and see that further. And maybe it's a good fit and sometimes it won't be. But niching down just means that you are really clear. It's easier to make the right decisions for your business. And people get what you do because it is so clear. Rather than saying, hey, I'll sell anyone, and then someone's like saying, well, I style petite people. If you are a petite person, of course you're going to go to that petite person first. So, you know, if that's the person you're really passionate about serving um, and you get results for, and there's enough of them, then then why not? But it doesn't mean other people aren't going to reach out to you. So don't worry about that. Um, And when it comes to pivoting as well, I I learned something really interesting this week um, that, you know, Marlboro cigarettes, Mm-hmm. When you think Marlboro, you think Marlborough Man, you know, Calvary. Yeah. That brand was originally created for women. So they have really pivoted. And now nobody remembers that they were a brand for women at all. Um, so it's it's definitely possible to pivot. And most businesses evolve in some way, way shape or form anyway, um, particularly when you start out in business, you start where you feel comfortable, you start using your skills in a certain way. And for many people, they come straight out of corporate. They're not really sure of their potential yet. And then you start working with clients and you realize, oh, I don't like working with them at all. I love working with these people. Um, and then they're telling you, actually, can you help us with this? And you're like, Yeah, okay. And you know, you kind of expand out and then niche back down and expand out and niche back down. It's it's really this kind of fluid. Uh, growth pattern that most businesses go through. So don't ever worry about being put in a box. It's all a journey. Um, It's all a process and everyone's learning. Even your clients are learning. Uh, But stay. the most important thing is to stay true to your values because that's where you'll build the credibility and trust.
0: I love that so much. Um, I remember working on my values before I had a business idea, but I was in a business mastermind. And um, it's changed the way I think and feel about everything in my personal life and my business life. If someone's listening to this and maybe they've done the thing and they've started the business and they've hopped in into the marketing side and they're inspired to slow down and be like, okay, I want to peel back a little bit and tap into... Who is my core client? Who is my person? and what are my values? Like, what's an easy, tangible step that we could share today on the podcast? It was like, hey, your next step, if you're like, okay, I need to slow down. I've never done values. Katie talks about values all the time, but I don't know what my values are. Do you have like an easy one, two, three thing that we can just share real quick to just get people inspired to take some action on that today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, knowing your values is is probably, It's one of the most important steps, but it's also really, really easy. It just takes a little bit of time. And step one, Google (laughs) list of (laughs) common values, because it's really hard to think, what are my values? And if you Google it, you will get a list of maybe a hundred values to start with just to give you some inspiration. And what you want to do is kind of narrow that down to perhaps the top 10. And then you want to Narrow that down further and and come up with your ideal three. And the way to find them is to compare two. So maybe it's excellence and professionalism and think, okay, if I could only have one of these, which would it be? And then that goes above. And then you kind of keep going down your list and then do your list in reverse to check does each one, is each one as you go up more important than the one before? And if it isn't, then you switch them around. So you, you play around a little bit with the order and the priorities for you. And then zoom in on those top three. What do they actually mean to you? So if it's excellence, for example, if what excellence means to me and what that means to you is going to be completely different. So you really want to start digging into, well, what does that actually mean to me? How is that value going to show up in my business? How do I know when I'm showing up in, in alignment with that value? What does that feel like? What does that look like? How do people react to me when I'm in alignment with this? And really you know, a lot of people come up with their top 3 maybe they get that far but they don't really dig into what exactly does that mean for me what does that look like when i'm when i'm being um ex- when i'm really uh, exuding excellence in my work you know how do people feel about that how do they react how do i feel you know, what exactly am i doing and what am i not doing so really really dig into that and so it, it's kind of easy but it takes a bit of time and it's good to do this with someone else. So either that could be your business coach or mentor, or just a business bestie or your husband or someone who can really push you on that. Okay, well, what do you exactly mean by that? Okay, you say this, but what exactly does that mean? And really keep digging, keep digging until when you see your values, You know, it really guides you. It's something that it really does. Every time you're doing something, you know you're in alignment with with your values. You can tangibly feel that every day, and then then the rest is simple. <laughs> <laughs> that simple. <laughs> hey, <simpler. laughs>
0: oh, that's so amazing, and it's very very similar how to how I came up with mine. And I I love what you were saying. And it's like why? It's like playing the why game with a kid. And it's like well why why why? And you keep going, you keep going, and from my perspective, like, sometimes I felt like it was really, I don't want to know if the word's annoying, but you were like, I don't know, like, I can't, like, because of this, because of this. But then ultimately, like, when I get there, and I feel like I'm still getting there. I feel like I'm still peeling back that layer every time I learn something new or meet someone new or, you know, have an aha moment. But it does help me build a level of confidence, like a foundational level of confidence that I just don't think I'd have. So... I think that's an amazing advice and a great, great tip and a reminder for people who are getting started or still freshly new, or maybe they are in that state where they're pivoting or growing and their business is going in different directions. So that's amazing.
1: And I think thinking of it in practice can help there. If you keep asking why it remains a little bit theoretical, but if you think, okay, if I'm out networking, what does, what does it look like if I'm being excellent at, in, in networking mm-hmm. if I'm with a client what does it look like in that situation if I'm d- working on a social media post what does that look like so you can start to really explore that what exactly that means and and if that really is a priority for you and you realize actually uh getting a social media post a- out there and to a standard that's excellent actually isn't the main thing for me is it's having that meaningful connection or authenticity is actually more important and then you can go back to your list and it will evolve it takes it does take time so don't expect that you're going to sit down with a glass of wine and do this in an hour (laughs) it's something that needs a bit of reflection as well you can certainly get it started in an hour but it takes a bit of time and reflection to to get that list right but it's definitely something worth pursuing
0: That's a beautiful example. Thank you so much for adding on to that with um, the practical practices of it. I really, really like that a lot. That's an amazing way to build your confidence. Um, So now we're talking about all of this, and this kind of leads me back to what you were saying a second ago about some of the biggest mistakes that new um, business coaches or consultants or entrepreneurs are making. Can we hash those out? (laughs) All three of them in detail? (laughs) well i think
1: the, the biggest one is jumping into your marketing too soon and you know, none of these are like are, are mistakes in the sense that you can't come back from them but if you start marketing your business too soon maybe you'll find oh i've got i'm gonna i'm gonna sell my uh style coaching but you haven't really mapped out what that is or what that looks like so people can't wrap their head around it yet and so they're not buying and then you may be thinking Oh nobody likes my offer I'm I'm in the wrong place when in fact it's not that they don't like your offer they might love the idea of it they just can't quite see how that works for them yet because the messaging isn't clear so jumping in with marketing too soon and websites too soon that's a really real big one um because until you start working with clients you don't know what they want from you so it's really hard to put a website together when you don't know what you're offering and what that means to people yet so I would hold off on the website until you've worked with a few clients. You're really crystal clear on exactly what your offer is, what that means to people, how to connect with people, what words to use. Uh, then it will come together quite um, more easily. I should say nothing is ever easy, but it, it becomes to make more sense as well. And I know for some people they're like, "No, I have to have a website or otherwise my business doesn't exist. You know, it's a bit of a, a mindset thing. Which is fine, but just go on Canva, put something together in a few minutes and go with that. You know, don't invest a lot of time and money in it because it will change. Um, if you if you're starting with your website, so you want to start somewhere just to have it, if that makes you feel more comfortable, that's fine. Um, but then kind of really invest in it later on, sort of six months to a year into your business. That's the more sensible time to invest in this, which is great because then you don't have to waste that time at the beginning. The biggest thing to do to start your business isn't... Social media is great. It can build your presence, but it's it's a slow strategy. It's a harvest strategy. It's a farming strategy rather. It's It's not quick enough. So you need to initially just go out and speak to people about your business and start working on that value proposition. Start working on your confidence at talking about your business and figuring out how to engage people. And networking is... The best way to do that, because you're just speaking to people the whole time, and you'll see instantly how they respond to that. And if they're not saying, "Gosh, that's interesting, tell me more," then you think, "Okay, I need to work on this a bit more." That's always the response you want. It's your the way you introduce your business is almost your kind of one minute presentation that lasts twenty minutes because you want to just present yourself in a, in thirty seconds or a minute, and then for them to say. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Or how does that work? And to keep asking you questions so that you can then present everything about your business. So you want to really nail that messaging uh, first. And then I say, the marketing follows and everything starts to follow on from that. And often from just going out and connecting with people, explaining about your business, you'll already get... Your first few clients are usually much closer than you think you Mm -hmm. don't have to go and spend a fortune on google ads they're just in your network they're hovering around they've probably in your case they've probably seen how well you dress and and how much you love fashion and they've been dying to get your tips on like well i wish i wish he would help me with mine or do you think i could ask her like how do i Mm -hmm. accessorize this because it's really stuck with um and so they're already around you they already know you like you and trust you and they already see you as credible in that space so as soon as you go out to your network you'll usually find your first handful of clients already and and start there so i think this this whole idea of marketing your business it uh, it they kind of it comes later you know start your business first uh it sounds a bit topsy-turvy but just just get out there start speaking to people start practicing and um, ask people hey, I'm just starting a business. I'm a bit nervous about telling people about it. Can I I practice on you? (laughs) You'd be amazed Mm -hmm. how many people would love to do that for you and help give you some feedback. So it's it's all about that confidence and messaging first.
0: That's amazing. So I'm like speechless because it's totally true. And you said a few minutes ago, and this really resonated with me, coming out of corporate into entrepreneurship, I had done a really good job of like, separating my personal life and my professional life so when it became time to start a business and like you're you saying exactly like the people closest to me were my first set of clients i was like no way because i've spent this whole mindset of this whole lifetime of a career separating what i do from the people that i talk to outside of my professional network but then those were my first clients. And my husband used to always joke me in the beginning of my business. He was like, I think you just crowdfunded your business with your friends. <laughs> and I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I had the biggest aha. I was like, oh my God, like it is the people's, the people would tell me that. And I just didn't believe it. I just didn't believe it. But it is so true. And that's just amazing, amazing advice for any... I always thought the elusive client, like it exists outside of you somewhere and you don't know where it is, but it really is the person that like, probably has your phone number.
1: Yeah, exactly. And actually, that's how my first business started for this current business because I was out networking and telling people what I did. And they're like, Oh, will you you help me? I was like, Oh, no, I don't do that. And I I said it to a few people. um, I think I had... It was six... Women, I remember it was six women in six weeks that came and asked me for this, and I was like, "But that's not what I do." It was like, and then one woman was like, "But you're the only one that can help me." Like, oh, really? <laughs> okay, well, let me take a step back and see: could I really help? Uh, can I can I help women build their own business and really sort of launch, scale, and grow? Um, well, to grow in scale even um and then I, when i took a step back and started to look at well what do i love doing what are my skills what are they looking for what are their biggest problems how can i help with this and i was like actually yeah i, I am really well placed to do this so then i kind of took the courage i worked with a coach myself and and kind of got my program up and out there in, in just a few months and again my first clients were right right there with me but the thing about your first clients is they're not necessarily clients. They're going to help you co-create your business because they're going to give you that constant feedback on what you're doing, what's working, what they love. Um, and they will be just amazing supporters and advocates of your business going forward. So what you create doesn't need to be done and dusted and perfect before you get it out there because they're going to help you shape it. You just need that rough idea and, that, and, and enough confidence that you can make this work that they'll have confidence in you too. Um, and, and then just
0: go for it. Yes. Someone told me once, like you, you're literally building the boat as it's on the water. Like it's up enough, it floats and we're just going to keep making it better as we're sailing across. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, okay. So is that number one and two? Cause I feel like that was a lot. Or do we still have two more big business learnings? We'll stop saying mistakes. <laughs> yes. Learnings. So yeah, I think
1: it's not, not marketing your business too soon. Taking the time to really understand what it is, like how can you present yourself? So those are definitely the first two. Um, understand your value, values first as well would be the three, the three things. So don't start your business, don't market too soon. Instead, know your your vision and your values, know who you generally want to be marketing to. And where those two overlap, that's your value proposition. That's where you want to, that's the sweet spot where you want to start creating your messaging and your products and everything from there. So kind of you want to look at those two areas, everything about what you love about your business, what you want, everything about what your client is, uh, the problems, the big problems they're having that you can help them with and see where those two overlap, where what their needs overlap with what that you want to deliver and then build everything out in that kind of sweet spot. And that's where your messaging will come from that you can really start to to um, test out with people as well. So yeah, I got a bit excited and mushed all those three together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was amazing. It was really good. So there's, I have a question for you, but I think I know the answer and I want to just talk about it. So I always like to ask someone, um, I guess I come on the podcast, like amazing woman doing amazing things. Like what are some of your resources? And my favorite way to learn is by reading. And I know you have your own book, which I think is really, really relevant to this conversation. So can you tell us about that for a second and maybe share some of the, um, a couple of, uh, hot tips out of the book, because it definitely plays into like all of my questions and my interests. (laughs)
1: sure so the book is called a shy girl's guide to networking and it really stems from my own experience so when i started my career in london i was i very successfully avoided networking at all costs i didn't really need to i had a kind of friend network my career was going okay um and it was fine and then then i moved to switzerland where I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any business colleagues. So I had to network. And I made so many mistakes. I really hated it. <laughs> it was, I've grown up called shy girl. And I really was going at it with totally the wrong mindset. It's like, oh, this is going to be awful. I'm going to spill wine on someone. I'm going to fall over. I'm going to make a fool of myself. I've got nothing to add. What would I even say? Who would listen to me? All these things going through my mind. Walking into the event, and of course, then it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, I'd speak to people, and I'd stumble over my words, and my introduction was rubbish, and there was lots of it. Was just awkward start to finish, and I would like force myself to stay the whole time, and then get the train home, and then do the same on the way home. You were so stupid. Why did you say that for? And that was that was just ridiculous, and you know, really beating myself up big style. Um, So of course, it was a disaster. But I knew I had to figure it out. So I started reading every book I could on networking and I picked up some amazing skills from that and and lots of the practices I learned from those books I still use today. But none of them really tackled this problem that I didn't feel comfortable. You know, I didn't feel comfortable walking in the room in the first place. So I knew that was something to talk to. I had to work through. I started to shadow another lady who was amazing at network. She would go networking for breakfast, at lunchtime, after work, at the weekends, you know, every single opportunity she had. So she agreed that I could kind of go networking with her and see if I can pick up some skills. But she was great. And it was nice. that I didn't have to introduce myself. She did that for me. But I soon realized that I was never going to be her. You know, she's this real extrovert. She loves meeting people. That's really what fills her up. And I could not conduct myself the way she did. She would be in one networking circle while leaning back and having conversations with someone in another one and bringing people. You know, She was just, it was her happy space and it really wasn't mine. So I started to, I actually, I was, went on a leadership training program at work. And one of the exercises was the self-coaching. So, we had to take a step back and look at a challenge we were having and how could we tackle that. So, I took networking and I came up with this framework, which ended up being my victory framework, which I introduced in the book. And it was really my way of making it comfortable and uh, for me to go networking, creating my own rules and reminding myself why it was important for me to go there. So, it's kind of very similar to what we were just talking about because the, the victory spells out the process. But the V is really know your vision and values. Why do you want to go in the first place? What are you going to get from that? So as soon as I realise oh, yeah, I do want to go there. I, this is going to give me something that I'm looking for right now. Then that alone... Already started to help me change my outlook because I knew I wanted, I did want to be there, I did want to learn this. Um, and then just going through so intention, uh, the eyes for intention. So really mm-hmm. knowing, okay, you've got your vision and values, but knowing, okay, I am going to go to this event and I'm gonna go to one event every month and you know, it's starting to set some goals around that so that you have something to work towards. Then the C comes from uh courage and confidence. And this is something that I wish I knew earlier. That confidence doesn't come from knowing you can do it. It comes from knowing you can figure it out. So you really have to put yourself out there, try something, and then you have that confidence that you can do it. So it's it's backwards. It doesn't, it's no, you don't want to wait for the confidence to do something. You want to do it, and then that will build your confidence that you can do this and survive. So that was really the C. The T down to being your true self. And, and again, this, this could really go for you in business. When you're showing up as your true self, when you know those visions and your values and you're in alignment with them, then you're going to start correct. You're going to connect with the right people. You're going to feel really comfortable and it's going to really start to come together much, much more for you than the O oh, was to know my obstacles. I think we know more than anyone else what's going to hold us back. And what's going to trip us up. So as soon as I knew that for networking, for example, I knew that uh, walking in was a part where I felt most nervous. So I looked at, well, what can I do to overcome that? So I looked at perhaps doing some power posing before I went in or inviting a friend to go with me or having a, a playlist that I played in the car or on my Walkman, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I had a Walkman. I'm with you. <laughs> You know, some some playlist before you go in to build yourself up. And then as soon as I had these these kind of contingency plans in place, then I found that the problem never arose anyway. And then the R was all about creating my own rules. So I decided, you know, if I just go for 10 minutes. And that's enough for me. That's that's okay. Because being an introvert was, um you know, shy and introvert is different. But being an introvert, managing my energy was really important. So if I found that that was enough, that was okay. Or if I found that I was a little bit overwhelmed, then I could go and sit in a corner. Most of the time, they're in uh, hotels and things where there's a lobby, and you can go and sit in a corner, read a book for fifteen minutes, go back when you're refreshed, go for a walk, come in that's okay. So I made it okay to do these things. And then the why was just to remind myself, yeah, you can do this. And as soon as I put that framework in place, I just got a little bit more structured. I got much more kindful with myself and things started to come together. And then people started asking me for tips on networking. It's like, really? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I started being asked to speak at different events on how to build a network. And when I got up and I called it a shy girl's guide to networking, they were like, what? but you're not shy. (laughs) It's like, well, not anymore. It's been in process. Um, And so I really started sharing this victory framework and it helped so many people. I thought, okay, I'm going to put this down in a book now. So that's what I did earlier this year.
0: I love it. And it's still available for everyone who wants to go check it out.
1: (laughs) Yep, absolutely. You can get it on Amazon, Waterstones, anywhere
0: Amazon. Yes. I wanted to wait till we connected and it's on my hit list. So because we are heading close to the holidays and no one, I never know what to tell people to get me for Christmas. I've started doing book lists. So it is on my book list to send out to the in-laws and to the parents who have to buy you a gift and don't know what to get you. So I think it's amazing. Um, It's so awesome. And just hearing you talk about it, it really, I had this, you know, feeling of when we teach what we need ourselves is where we can really, really like make real impact. And it really speaks to me and I love it so much. And I think networking over the years has kind of got this negative connotation feeling t- towards it. When for me, it's really about building community and it, especially for women, I think it's super, super powerful and is one of the major aspects of running my business and helping me believe in myself um like you said what i love your definition of confidence it was like believing that you can figure it out versus like oh i already know how to do it that's a really really good reminder thank you for that one yeah. and have- Having that network it, you know it gives
1: you so much it's not just about finding your next client it's about finding people who inspire you, who can mm-hmm. build you up, who have market information that you're missing, who can who can share new opportunities with you, who will push you. So I got invited to be a TEDx coach for two different events, thanks to my networking. Because they were like, "Oh, Melita just speaking, and she she's won this over here, and she's doing this," and it's like, "Me, really? I wouldn't <laughs> even put myself forward for that." But then they were like, "Yeah, you'd be amazing. Come and do this." Like, Okay, you know, then you have to be a bit brave to give you these opportunities. But you know, it everything that's really amazing that's happened throughout my my career since I've uh started to really harness my network, it's all come from those connections, you know, amazing referrals, amazing opportunities, amazing opportunities to to dream bigger and believe that's possible for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, your network will give you so much
0: more. Just really go out there and
1: make those meaningful connections and enjoy it.
0: Yes, I love that. It's amazing advice. So to have one question for you. I ask everybody that comes on the show and we've kind of, um, we're heading that way, like with the networking, because I know you and I both believe that this is a big, important part of it as well. But what is the thing that you wear that makes you feel powerful, that helps you build that confidence to do the scary thing that you're going to do so that you can master that skill or meet those new people or go to those networks? Like I always tell people, for me, it was lipstick. Like when I really started to find, find out I was in love with lipstick it was in 2019, and then when COVID hit, I was like, okay, what lipstick am I going to wear today to get through today? <laughs> Especially in the beginning, like to make myself feel amazing. What It can be a color, it can be an article of clothing, but like, what is that thing for you that just like really lights you up and makes you feel connected back to yourself?
1: Mm, I don't know if it's a one thing, but I think it's the little extra things that I wouldn't do on a daily basis, like you know, I don't usually do my nails, but I'll paint my nails. To I'll plan ahead what I'm going to wear and what what color would go nice, and and put on my best jewelry. I've got this beautiful chunky uh, silver chain necklace I love, but you know I, I wouldn't wear it every day. So I definitely love the opportunity to put those on and my heels as well. I I, yes. I live in a chalet with wooden floors, so I definitely can't wear my heels on a day to day basis. But as soon as I put those on, you know it. It makes you stand up with that little bit taller, got my nails done, got my jewelry on, then I know I'm, I'm I'm ready. And that really, yeah, it puts me in a good position to feel good about myself and then bring the best of myself to the networking as well.
0: Yes. And use them as conversation starters. I bet that necklace is beautiful. And I think it's an amazing way to build authentic connection.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the nice thing about being women when you're networking is, you know, boys, men men don't have so much to comment on, do they? Beautiful shoes or that amazing scarf or the the nail
0: color or the jewelry. Yeah.
1: Comment on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We get to do that. Yeah. This has been amazing. You shared so many amazing tips. I was like writing down so many notes. Uh, for myself and ones that I have that I want to share I'm like I have all these people I'm like oh my god you have to listen to this um how can people connect with you where do you hang out if someone's like yes I need more of Melita in my life she is hitting on all the things where can they find you yeah i was for a long time i was thinking what am i going to call my business because i wanted it to be unique
1: and stand out and represent me and all of these things and i was really struggling and then i was at a networking event and someone said like, oh, how do i find you and i said i'll oh, just put melita campbell into anything and you'll find me I was like oh that's it so put melita campbell into anything and you'll find me <laughs> nice
0: on all the social medias all the social
1: media google you name it uh it's melita campbell.com or at melita anywhere
0: Yes, in the podcast too. So even um, on Apple. <laughs> yes, Driven Female Entrepreneur Podcast team. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Melita, for being here with me today. This was amazing. I really enjoy you and everything you stand for. So thank you so much. You're great. Thanks for inviting me, Katie. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> hey, lady, before you leave, I wanted to remind you that my mission is to support you reach your highest potential through style. When we are aligned with our style, everything becomes easier and it's been proven that we actually even make more money. How fucking amazing is that? Let's crush your 2022 goals together and create your biggest, baddest life ever. Let me take away 100% of the anxiety and dread of what to wear after you've booked that big client, booked that big workshop, or have booked that big conference that you've been dreaming of. So whether you want to unlock your signature style, you want ongoing support, or maybe finally 2022 is a year that you're going to do that branding photo shoot that you've been putting off, I can help you. Book your free consult today. See if we're a good fit over at katiejuststyle.com backslash connect or hit your girl up on the gram. Send me a DM. I'll send you that link directly or we can start the conversation there at Katie Allen Stylist. All right, boo, I will to talk to you later. Bye.